Hey everybody, this is Eric Krasno and you are listening to the Plus One Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for spreading the word. Um, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at Kras plus one. That's Kras with a Z plus one. Also send me messages at Kras plus one at gmail.com. Also Kras with a Z. I'm going to start answering those questions on the show. And you can also send me suggestions for other guests too. As you probably know, the music industry as a whole is in jeopardy right now. A lot of people have lost their jobs and many venues have closed their doors. So I urge you to go check out SaveOurStages.com and the National Independent Venue Association. They've been putting on different benefit concerts virtually, and there are a lot of different ways that you can donate or or help this cause. So again, you can go to SaveOurStages.com and find out more. We have what's probably the most important election of all time coming up in the next few weeks, and I urge everyone to get out and vote. If you have any questions on how to vote, how to send in your ballot, or to vote locally, go to headcount.org. They can answer pretty much any question about voting, um, so there's really no excuse. Everybody should get out and vote, especially this time around. So my guest on the show today is one of my favorite current artists. I've been listening to him since 2015 when he put out his self-titled debut album, Son Little. We met shortly after that, and his next album, New Magic, actually did a remix for the song called Blue Magic. Also a great album. And his newest album, Aloha, was released in January of this year and has been on repeat pretty much ever since. And uh, he actually came by my studio and we'd been working on some music pre-COVID and we actually did the interview in my studio and subsequently recorded a live version of his song About Her Again. So you can check that out at the end of the episode today, right after our conversation. I want to remind everybody that we're actually making playlists on Spotify for each episode. If you go to the episode in your Spotify app, right under the episode in the details section, there's a playlist for every single episode. The playlist is curated by the artist and myself, consists of songs we spoke about in the conversation, songs by the artist, and songs that influence the artist. So be sure to check that out on Spotify and follow us there, Eric Krasno Plus One. Also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you're listening to your podcast. We're going to get right into this conversation after a quick break to hear from our sponsors. A great singer, amazing songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and one of my favorite artists of the last decade, I'd like to welcome today's Plus One, Sun Little. So we're here in Los Angeles, California, and uh, True story. Uh, very lucky to have my friend Sun Little in the house. We've been, uh, we're pretending like we're just getting here, but we've been hanging out for a few days in here and just decided <laughs> to set up some microphones right. and, and talk a little about some music, maybe play a little bit of music. So, uh, but yeah, I wanted to kind of get into a little bit of your history with music. I know you initially are from LA, right? True, I was born here born in LA and did you have music in your family around your house is that a lot of records you know right right right. dad played my dad played saxophone when I was growing up when he was growing up um so I got to hear him play got a few singers scattered around right in my family you know so it's in there and when did you start playing or did you sing first I played the horn first, actually, because we had it in the house, so I picked up clarinet, played a little clarinet, played a little tenor sax, and yeah. just kind of started singing there. Okay, okay. You know, 
It's hard to sing while you're playing. <laughs> I was gonna say you gotta, yeah, you, know? you gotta do something with your hands while you're while you're singing. What did you do? Was guitar the first thing you picked up? Yeah, that was that was my first uh, hands only. Right, right. Instrument. <laughs> was that mainly to like accompany yourself singing? Yeah, or? you know, I yeah. wanted to write more and. Not that I really knew what writing was about at that point, but right. I felt like I wanted to do that. So, uh, in order to get the lyrics involved, yeah, you know, I picked up guitar. You can walk around with it. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Mobile, very mobile. <laughs> yeah. So, was there? Do you do you have like a moment, or even a an artist or an album that you listened to that kind of made you say, "All right, I want to do this." I mean, to me, it always goes back to to Stevie, really. Right, right. I think I was like 10 or so. My family drove because we had moved to the East Coast. And we would fly back to L.A. for vacation every summer. Vacation. But we yeah. <laughs> uh, hanging out here. But, but you know, my, my, my mom and dad decided, you know, let's take a trek and let's drive over there. I think I was 10. And, you know, we had a tape player and stuff, and, you know, you only had those, like, 12 tapes or whatever it was. And those, those got and, cycled. Uh, yeah, so there was, you know, I ended up kind of, like, halfway through this trip, I kept running this, that uh, compilation, the Stevie Wonder uh, Music Aquarium. Oh, I know that one. The Boogie on Radio. Yeah, and I, I, I just wore that tape out. You know, like, I'd heard all that stuff as a really small child, but yeah, yeah. for some reason at that moment, it, like, had a real impact on me, and uh, I think I think it was that summer I found this whole crate of records at my grandparents' house. Started picking through them, and I cherry picked a bunch that I liked. I mailed them back to myself, and just started digging through them for the next, you know, <laughs> fifteen years or so. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, well, like Intervisions was one in there for me. Stevie, there's something about like that whole era. Intervisions, Talking Book, Fulfilling This First Finale too. People sleep on no, that I record. Love that one, that, was, that, that was one blew my mind. I remember yeah. that one. I had the same thing. I think I had that on tape, and I just had that in my in my car, like when I was my first car, just like over and over and over. Yeah, that record. But I, I mean, I, from what I have heard he made all those records kind of in one long session over like yeah, a year right. or so right 73 74 yeah i know part part of it uh, if not all of it i think yeah. they were in electric lady and yeah just yeah. kind of steady stream you know of, of production and yeah you know it's amazing the world's better for it i, I know i am because well i was talking about that with somebody the other day like the grammys during that time and radio during yeah. like what was popular it was like I remember uh, Paul Simon. I think one of the years when he won mm-hmm. Best Album or something, he's like, "I just want to thank Stevie Wonder for not making an album this year because <laughs> he just won every year." And all during that time was like, and even in rock music, it was like Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. who actually they never got a Grammy from what I hear. But um, the, the the biggest artists in the world, people like Paul Simon and Stevie Wonder, like real music. It's like you watch the Grammys now and like i'm sure there's great music in there but that era man the mid like beginning to mid 70s was just like the golden era in my opinion right well i mean those guys are you know the writers you know it's just yeah it's like in that era i think yeah you see like really badass writers just dominating the yeah field you know 
you know, maybe which I guess there's writers out there now, you know, but it's maybe a little more fragmented where you have like groups of writers writing. Yeah, I feel like you you know it when something's written to be a hit. You know, it's just not as authentic. You know what I mean? It's like when someone stumbles upon it because of an idea. It's just you know, I feel like eventually it became you know everybody's in this room trying to find the catchiest you know thing. But uh, were there were there writers specifically besides Stevie that? you know got you like uh, oh do you, was there like a writer where you like heard a song you're like oh man like that like lyrically you know it's right. well you know i was i was dug prince lyrically you know like i think which there's so many things about prince that you know loves like just just like the funky vibe that it mm -hmm. that the songs have you know like obviously dancing around the studio playing everything you know from what I hear, like but a lot of one one and two take performances right, you know, right. that are now standing the test of time, you know, but I think like the thing that people probably talk about the least is his lyrics, but yeah. you know, again he had this like I mean he was always super productive, but he had that period in the eighties where everything was just magical, you know, and, and, and I think the unsung part of that his legacy for me is like his lyrics because he's very he's very poetic in places True. you know like in, in, in unusual ways you know and yeah so I think he, he kind of stuck out for me like almost like a surreal like a surrealist take on writing like R&B lyrics right you know and sometimes I mean I always feel felt like R&B music like more modern R&B music not that for, across the board but sometimes the lyrics aren't necessarily the best part of it you know um, and you know sometimes I'll look at older stuff or I mean are there are there like is there any modern R&B music that you dig lyrically I mean it's like <laughs> even going back though you know um, there were uh you know, it it all depends on your perspective and your yeah. mood. You know yeah, what I mean? That's true. I mean, sometimes you just want to hear freaking you. You know what yeah. I mean? You just it's like <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, it's a different it's a different approach for yeah, sure. Yeah, for you sure. know, um, <laughs> but I think everything has its, its time and place. And I mean, like that kind of stuff definitely had a huge impression on on me too. Like yeah, you yeah. couldn't couldn't avoid that. Um, that style in the '90s, and yeah, and uh, you know we're we're all in it together. So I try to keep my ears open. Yeah, to whatever's, whatever's. Is there like a current artist or current group that you're into right now? Um, there, there's there's a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, again, I'm all across the board. So, you know, I might be listening to trying to. I might be listening to like Young Thug one minute, and then I'm listening to my boy Andy Schauf. Yeah, you know, yeah, you I'm turned me on to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jessica Pratt, you yeah. know, um, I'm all kind of all over the place, just try to hear, you know, every every style and uh, appreciate what it's what it's got to offer. You know, for sure. I mean, I think that's one of the pluses to the modern you know, kind of style of music consumption where you can just go on and listen to anything and any person across the world can be heard. I mean, yeah. there's a certain amount that 
um, there's certain aspects of that where you go on your Spotify and you're just flooded with too many things. But if you right. have the ability to find certain things or you have the right people sending you um, the, the right artists, you can find things like never before, you know. And there's a lot of artists that, are, have, that have a voice now that would never, have had a, would never have gotten signed and been able to get into a studio and get distributed. Um, so there's like a lot of weird stuff out there. You just got to find it. It's like wading through to find things these days kind of, these days is kind of the hardest well you, you know you got the algorithm ser- serving it up though, <laughs> yeah you know? so, that's true I mean uh, it's like the algorithm algorithm takes a lot of flack you know and, and yeah. I think it's, it's warranted <laughs> but at the same yeah. time you know I can't deny that like it it has fed me things that true that led me to uh, you know music that art that I cherish you know yeah. so it's not all bad, but definitely, not. you know, it, I'd like to think that people use it as a tool and like a springboard to, to finding more, you know, defining your own taste as opposed to like just letting it like here's the stuff you like. Right, right. Here's some more stuff you like. You know, what I mean? I, sometimes I get overwhelmed with the amount of stuff. Like I'll try the different algorithms, try the, right. the mixes and yeah, things you, like you that. Listen to your, your like the daily, daily mix. Daily yeah, mixes. I actually do. I have been more recently because of that. Like there's been a couple times where, you know, it knew I was listening to Andy Schauf and showed me like Bahamas or something like yeah. that. And I wouldn't have necessarily like sought out. It usually yeah. starts with something like you showed me Andy Schauf. Right. I started listening to that. And then that kind of, pushed yeah. me in different directions and um got me into some some stuff that i hadn't hadn't you know previously known about and then i'll do a little bit of research behind that on that yeah. guy was in this band and yeah so i i appreciate it there's a lot of my friends that hate on spotify and hate yeah. on the whole thing and of course the way they do business you know may not be exactly right but I think overall, you know, I take advantage of it too. You know, I also like make playlists with people all, all right. the time and share that. Share so them, yeah. I'm not going to be like the old man hater. <laughs> I'm trying not to be the old man hater because there's a lot of people out there like, man, you need Spotify, like that. <laughs> but um, I try to use it, you know, and because if they're going to be jerking me for my money, I'm going to try to take advantage of it. But uh, as far as making your records, you know, going back to the Prince thing, you play a lot of instruments, if not all the instruments, on your records. Just about, yeah. And have you is that, have you always done that? I mean, that's, I've always done it to to a certain degree. I mean, when I first started, you know, actually recording music, it was it was kind of like I put a drum machine into a one track and uh, you know, guitar, bass vocals over it right right you know um i guess what i looked at as demos at that time you know like so, four track machine yeah, style yeah. you know uh, so it's been it's been a minute i mean i, I think i developed it i've developed it somewhat from those days but yeah yeah but i've always i've always like you know never get too attached to one instrument like I'm more interested in the sound that you can make with what's what you have in front of you, you know. One of the things I, I dig about your recordings too is that it's simple, simple. You know, like your parts all make perfect sense. It's not like there's a hundred layers of things coming in and out, but everything really 
every part means something, huh. you know, which draws me in because it's not like, you know, it's not like there's just like a million sounds to kind of to hold your attention over here, then over here, then over there. But it's more, you know, it's just very tasteful um, in its production and in the songwriting too, which you know is why I was kind of asking. So I'm curious of your influence because lyrically you make very interesting songs, um, and it's not just you know I, I don't know how what what people how people would file what you would file yeah. your music under but yeah. it's like soul music but there's elements of like folk music in there mm -hmm. and like elements of rock and roll in there um i don't know if you've ever like if, how do you deal with that when someone asks you <laughs> what kind of music do you make how do you answer that yeah i mean i've, I've gone through it i guess different different phases i used to call it you know i'll call it soul you know like yeah a long time i have half tongue in cheek but you know future soul you know i call right. it actually makes more and more sense to me the more <laughs> right. further i go but um you know i feel i feel like it's uh, on another level it's just it is r and B. I i mean right. because i always go back again just like stevie prince you know even Jimi hendrix yeah you know uh artists like that i mean and it's like Every song is is its own thing, you know. Like so, there might be like a on a Stevie Wonder record, there might be a really like almost jazzy, hazy, jazzy feeling to it. And then the yeah. next one, you know, is like really kind of a blues, yeah. you know, um, like a piano blues almost, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, some songs have and Prince obviously some songs have this like edge or 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 a dance vibe or what, whatever it might be you know but it's really kind of on a song by song basis um and all of that stuff was essentially called r&b i mean even the blues guys in the 60s was called r&b you know like it yeah, wasn't yeah. like you went to the blues section yeah, it was true. like you know all this shit is r&b like that's <laughs> that's, yeah. that's kind of how that works so yeah, yeah. in a way like i know that that almost it's like it, contradictory because it feels limiting but in some ways I think it can be liberating too because alright it's all under this um, umbrella of rhythm and blues like I can do anything yeah. and still still call it that still yeah. you know like okay full creative license true you know? true <laughs> and so Switching gears, you spent a lot of time in Philly, or you you moved to Philly at an early age, right? I no, I so I moved to New York. Moved to New York first, at, like around just three years old. Yeah, Queens, New York. Okay. I uh, moved in in mid eighties to to Jersey, and then I went to school in, in Philly. Philly. Okay, and stayed there for some time. And that because we initially met in one of the Roots. Yeah, jams right, right or the right. roots sessions yeah and yeah. you recorded with them yeah, too right yeah well i mean one something i did that from day, that session yeah, actually okay. was was on on that record tipping point yeah miraculously i don't i don't <laughs> I, like, no, I remember how chaotic those <laughs> sessions were <laughs> right but uh strange that i mean i think that was one of the only things they used too i mean from that, I, yeah. that's what that's what i was told right that you know they conjured the rest out of whatever thin air yeah. you know <laughs> but um you know it's one of those things like 
they 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 went for it like let's let's try this right. <laughs> you know it's the spirit of that was pretty amazing and I, I think the spirit of it is probably on that record you know definitely definitely <laughs> and then was it after that you linked up with RJD too yeah it was some sometime after that I mean I had been hearing about him from different people and yeah. um, you know I was working on some stuff like you know, weirdly similar to what I've been doing recently. Yeah. It's like I kind of started this project, some little project, without realizing it. But um, I was playing it for a friend of mine, and he's like, man, you get, you're in my art jam. So he he linked us up. Right, right. And um, Ty, you know, uh, Ty, you Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Uh, anyway, he linked us up, and... We, you know, we worked on a song and then we worked on another song. And right. Kind of ballooned into a whole record, you know. Cool, cool. And then did you end up touring with him too? Uh, we did a little bit. You know, um, RJ had been, had been touring as a DJ for so long, I think he was like, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the studio. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. We did a show with him once and I, I had never seen him do his whole thing and I was pretty blown away. Oh man. It's crazy. He's incredible. Yeah. We'll be right back after this short break. Son Little, did that just can't come out of your name, like an amalgamation of your name? How did that? You know, it's weird. It like came at me so many different ways, you know. Um, but I, uh, you know, I was working this job. I don't know if did I tell you this story. I think so. <laughs> I'm working this job. I had no business having this job. It was like, you know, the publisher at Temple University. Okay. And um, I was assistant to the editor. You know, how I rose to these heights, I have no idea, but there I was having no real, not a real firm grasp on like, what were my responsibilities? And yeah. you put me in this position where they're handing me like unpublished manuscripts. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny because this, <laughs> I won't get to that, but there, there were some interesting ones, you know, yeah. um, you know, plus some boring stuff that I wasn't that into. My job, part of my job was supposed to be to recommend whether, you know, the editor needed to read these things or right. not, okay, you know. Okay. And a couple of occasions I found, you know, some books I really enjoyed. There was a book about Fela, like I first okay. heard about Fela by reading this oh, book. Okay. And I, I was supposed to read, like, skim a few pages, but I read the whole thing, yeah. you know, over a few days, and then was like, yo, this is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely got to put this one out. She's yeah. like, "What have you been doing? Like, did you yeah. read this whole book?" Yeah. And there was needless to say, I got fired from that job soon after. <laughs> okay. But uh, before I got fired, I got the check one day, and I go across the street to cash the check, and they wouldn't let me do it. So well, why can't I cash the check? It says that's not your name. Yeah. So I look, and it says Aaron Little something. Uh, okay. On the check, and that's clearly not my name. Yeah. You know? So. Uh, I had to go back in. I'm like, who, 
Yeah, for the record, the <laughs> name is Aaron Livingston. Aaron Livingston, right, right. Like, who, who was responsible for this? No, no. <laughs> but, um, you know, this this girl who had typed it on there, like, this entire time I've been here, and that's what she heard when I said my name for some reason, and she just went ahead and wrote it up like that. So, we, you know, we laughed about it. I got a new check, and um, I started... I told people the story and it just yeah. kind of stuck around for a little bit, and then uh, you know some I guess some years went went by. I was doing because I'd actually used it. I, I pressed up, burned some CDs, and I yeah. was like passing them around. You yeah. know, um, at that time, little son. And then some years went by, and it just popped back in my head for some reason to switch it around. Yeah. yeah. And then that kind of took off, you know. Yeah, when I first heard it, I thought you were like an eighty-year-old blues dude <laughs> from the Delta. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's funny. How we initially linked up, if you remember this, is you did a vocal thing for Grizz, who's like a. Oh right. Um, for people that don't know, he's like a EDM producer, musician, and I think I ended up putting the chord progression like underneath. The vocal. Oh right. But that, but I had never heard that. I heard I your voice, and I was like, "Oh damn, this is dope." Um, and found your album. I think it probably had just come out or something. But then I ran into you at um, that Mountain Jam Festival. Oh yeah, that? and I saw your set. And I remember you sang "Lay Down," which was like, and and got and everyone instantly started singing it. And I was like, I felt like I'd heard the song, even though I hadn't, which was like a sign that. I was like, oh man, this dude can write. Um, and then we linked up and we made the song that eventually came out on my record um, called Apples. And, you know, now we're working on some, some new stuff that hopefully y'all will hear soon. Um, but I had, I had another question that I always try to ask everybody on the podcast. podcast. Uh, if you have a, a good story from the road, it can be something ridiculous or funny or stupid or whatever but I always come back from every tour with some kind of anecdote or story mm. to tell well <laughs> so I figured I would ask you that one I mean yeah it's, it's one of them things like when I think about it there, there are so many but I forget them all suddenly when I, <laughs> you know probably some I wish I could forget but you know what I what I could could do though is like, and you may have a story just like this, but I, I'm sure someone must. I haven't heard it back to me yet, but uh, I think this story that I can think of that is the most like sums it up the whole experience of of touring for me is that I played like if you play somewhere in Indiana. You know, I, like I said, like, where's the University of Indiana? That's it. I, I, no, I, no I feel idea. bad. I can't remember. But uh, never mind that. We had to stay in oh, Bloomington. Bloomington, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you been there? Yes. Bloomington, is that yeah, where? It's that's Bloomington, where? yeah. Okay. And then, and then, or so we played Bloomington, but, and this is a band that, like, is getting right at the point of, like, figuring out do we hate each other and how much <laughs> do we hate each other you know yeah 
Like, how serious is this hatred? Uh, while we try to spread the message of love through music, uh, you know. This is a little to her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're done with this kid. We feel like we've been out on the road forever, and then we're like, we're supposed to stay in normal Bloomington? Yeah. Which is weird because we're in Bloomington, so. Yeah. It's like, is there, is Bloomington a state? No, too. Oh, like, okay. it's like normal, whatever. So, yeah. fuck, that's what that's what we gotta do. Yeah. We go to normal Bloomington to this hotel, everybody's dragging, come in, and we they don't have the reservation, you know? And it's yeah. like, oh, y'all supposed to be in Bloomington normal. When that's actually a term, but Bloomington normal. Bloomington normal. Oh, wow. So, I, like, well, what do you mean we're in normal Bloomington right now? This yeah. Is like, yeah, this is normal Bloomington. You have to be in Bloomington normal. <laughs> wow. Right? Yeah. And we're like, I mean, the most Twilight Zone, like, I felt like I was in some kind of, yeah, Twilight Zone or the yeah. the outer outer limits or something like that. You know, if you're into sci-fi, you know, uh, we got piled back in the van and find directions for this place, Bloomington Normal. And I kid you not, the people at the spot in yeah. Bloomington Normal, <laughs> they said, you're supposed to be in normal Bloomington. No. And, and, <laughs> and we're like, you know, it's like, the, it's no, 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 we just came from like the best western in normal Bloomington or yeah. Red Roof Inn or something like that. It's like, yeah, not that best western in normal no. Bloomington, the other one. So I'm like, I almost... I almost just slapped on the bench. Like, I almost was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not, I quit. <laughs> you guys go ahead. Go, no, no, save yourselves. Yeah. Don't get caught in the perpetual loop of various. Like, I couldn't do it. Things. I was like, I think my head is going to explode. I think I'm wow. seriously going to, I'm going to have a serious problem. <laughs> yeah, I've had many moments of like, I'm ready to give up. They've definitely, have like, especially being being on the road. I think a few of them have been when we've tried to check into hotels and they say you're not in this one and we yeah. have another one and that's like <laughs> the yeah. Being but you on, know, it's a true test. Like it's a test of your heart there because yeah, you know, if you're not like doing it for the right reason or like you're not really into it, you're going to find out when you just went back and forth between Bloomington Normal and Normal Bloomington oh, like three times. And, you know, that next morning is kind of like a test to see, like, what what do you got, yeah, man? Yeah. Like, can, can you, you still do, can you keep like, doing this? You yeah, sure you want right, to do this? Like, right. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's happened. To, it's always in Indiana or, or <laughs> Omaha. We did a gig in, in uh, Omaha once, and I remember it was on this tour where we were on a bus and like things were going well but it was kind of like you know the major city shows go well and then you have like it's always like Sunday or Monday you're right. in this tiny town and um, this is with Soul Live and I remember we get to Omaha and we we go we go in and we sound check and it was a pretty big place I remember and I was like man we're playing here on a Monday in, in uh, Omaha and uh, 
we go back in we go back into the bus and I just decided I wasn't going to get out of the bus I was just like in there I was playing video games practicing I was like I'm not going anywhere I'm going to eat my food in here I just was like kind of in a a weird mood and then somebody that like worked with the venue or something knocks on the door a few hours before the show and comes back in he goes I can't believe it man you guys sold the place out and I was like what on a Monday? Yeah. I was like a thousand, yeah. twelve hundred people. Oh, I was like, man, this is amazing. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so we get all hyped up. I tell the other guys, we don't see anything because we're in the bus, and the right. bus is right. You get out the bus and you go right into the back, you know, okay. into the door, and then oh, the door takes to the stage. Yeah, right. So we're amped up, man. We get dressed up. At the time we had like Chilling. our suits. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna press up my suits. I'm so clean. I'm so clean. I'm practicing, whatever. <laughs> get my guitar on. Um, we're like, all right, okay, let's go. We're gonna hit right on time because it's sold out. So we're gonna hit right on time. So we get, <laughs> we get out the butts. We go. We have like the tour manager open the thing. We're like, all right, let's keep it official, man. We get to the stage. <laughs> I look out there. It's that dude and like three of his friends, and he goes, <laughs> and they're like, "Get out of here! <laughs> Get out of here!" No. And then the whole gig, I was just sitting there, like, oh, staring at that dude. <laughs> but why yeah. did you do that? To I mean, me, those are the gigs. And that night, I was just so bummed why out. Do I'm this? Like, why did you, do you know? That? And then we got once we got to like Chicago or something, things things were okay again. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's the tr- you know it tests you out there, man. Omaha, man. It tests you. Tried to, <laughs> but uh, but like Tried recently you've been touring so well. You now now you have a trio, but you did a whole solo tour. Yeah. And what had you, what was that like? Just being on stage by yourself for that's a challenge. You no, know, it's like it's it's a it's a different thing in a little bit. You know what I mean? I I've, I kept feeling like a comedian basically, but. You know, which had very, very results. You know, some right. of your, some of your jokes land, some of them don't. You know, <laughs> and uh, and you're just there with your thoughts. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, it, I can't. I, you know, I can't shred, stand there and shred on guitar like right. you can. You know? So I'm just <laughs> like, I'm exposed. But it's but it's cool. You know, um, it's a different connection that you get with the audience. I think. Yeah. You know. Um, some of those gigs are like seated and stuff so it's a different vibe of more of like listening environment but do you like that do you prefer like the seated listening i like both man yeah. i think i think there are times when um i've i had the the seated environment and i was like dang i wish i wish everybody was it was like the, it was an open floor and people could move around right you know i've had other times when i was in a little spot where you know, it was a rock club with the open floor, but the vibe was more of a listening vibe. Yeah, it yeah. might have been better if there were seats, you know? Right, right. Um, I just think it's just, it depends on the show. Like, that that show worked really well in a seated room a bunch of times. Right. But, you know, I've done that and had it work in, you know, like, basic rock club, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was something that I did kind of out of necessity in Australia. And then... Um, and I was like scared to death to do it when I was out there, but you know I kind of got in the rhythm with it and felt it out. You know I tested out the jokes. You know I ran them a few times, and once I was feeling good about it, you know I really wanted to to keep going. And last fall was kind of the first time I had a real chance to do that, so it was pretty cool. But but I'm trying to I'm trying to like make changes and and 
and tried a bunch of different things and, and, and different looks out there live just to keep it keep it interesting for me but for yeah. the people that are coming out too to um, pr- you know kind of present the songs and I think there's a lot of different ways that the songs can be presented and you learn new things about them so well, I think that's cool for the audience too. I, I came to the show you did in in L.A. at the Lodge, and you know I know the songs from the records, and I've heard you do it different ways. But it was cool, like seeing the audience sing along to these different songs. I thought they were kind of excited to hear it just you. You know, I mm-hmm. think that there was a a certain appeal to that, and the people feeling like they were experiencing something unique and you know intimate or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it worked. I also thought like by the, I think that was the end of your tour. Yeah, really, you had like a thing. You had really had a thing. Yeah, I had my I had a shtick. I think. Yeah, shtick. A pretty well developed shtick once we got there. And yeah. now you're got the trio happening. Yeah, and How's that's that going? that's when that's when you know it's almost like I mean a joke about it. It, it occasionally like we hit like a so it's like the sun little like lounge vibe almost some half some of it you know uh, it's aggressive yeah. lounge r and b though <laughs> yeah you yeah. know um but yeah that's been super cool you know with uh with finland on on the organ yeah he's an organ and the bass on the left hand he's holding yeah he's a beast shout out to eric really, finland yep yep and uh and my man and steve, steve back there yeah, yeah like, he's killing steve steve bangs on those drums man like, yeah and you know he's working electronics into it. We had, we didn't really, you know. It's always I guess now like when you start, especially when you're working with people that know the way around the electronic stuff, if it's Ableton or, or what have you, looping and all that. You know, like we kind of had those discussions a little bit, but I think I'm just finding right now that I I'd rather just play the. So yeah, live. I'm always like messing around with that, and I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. And then when I try it live, it, it sometimes doesn't it feel feels right. Weird, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, Steve has uh, triggers all all over the place, right? And right. He's he's kind of works things. He does the same thing where it's like you know, no no two shows are really the same actually. Yeah, yeah. He'll find a new sound and find some way to work it in, like. It's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty cool. Like, just keep it. So there's electronics involved, but but they're not um, they're not limiting. They're they're really adding something instead of like, you know, forcing a structure or forcing a exact tempo on something. You know. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 exciting. Yeah. And, and you know this this next group we're gonna add bass to it oh cool I mean Brandon Owens is gonna play oh cool, cool. shout out to Brandon Owens uh, he's gonna he's gonna come out and play bass so cool cool free Finland's left hand yeah let him do his thing Get a little more a little more keys in there yeah um, I think I think it's gonna be cool and the album just came out Aloha yeah. and uh, you made this Aloha. album you made this in France, right? Am I right? Recorded most of it in France, yeah. Yeah, and what was what was the concept behind that? You what was the producer that you worked with over there? Uh Renaud Laton. Okay. Yeah, he's like uh he's been installed in this this studio since uh what wanna say, like early nineties. Oh wow. Uh, okay. I might have that wrong, but <laughs> um yeah, he's been in there uh decades at this point and um you know, he's worked with Feist, he worked with Leon Lehavis, he worked with Monty Child. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so he uh 
he had a, a, a through people that I worked with over there in Paris, like I was able to get in touch with him. We talked things over a little bit and met a couple times. And I, I ran and see the studio, which was, you know, built in '73, and it's kind of like looks the way it must have looked in '73. They didn't really do a whole lot to change it. Um, so it has a, you know, vibes on vibes on vibes on vibes. Right, right, right. Um, and you know, it's almost like if nobody, if they didn't want me to go over there and do that, they should, no one should ever let me go in the studio because I walked in. And I was like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, this is it right here because it's just, it's just kind of hanging in the air, you know. Yeah. Did so, you have other in- other uh, musicians? come through or is it mo- um, mostly just you layering I had uh, Maki you know Maki he, Maki came through and paid cool. some stuff um, uh, and, and that was kind of it I mean in you know my guy Jesse Maynard he played yeah. some drums cool. and um, or no place some percussion a lot of percussion actually yeah. over the over the record he's got a real um, unique like touch with, yeah, the, yeah. with the percussive stuff and I think you know that was one of the things I think that he heard and, and attached to quickly and listening to my stuff was all the percussive uh, yeah. instruments that I that I tend to layer in there, and he's kind of a percussion guy, so he really picked up on that and anticipated a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a cool way, so that stuff was, you know, second nature. It was always sort yeah. of set up and at any moment I'm like you know let's put this you know right. let's put this kibasa in there for a second you yeah. know and, and some stuff he, he was just really wicked with that stuff man. you can definitely hear uh, it's like the, a very cohesive record you can hear the vibe throughout the whole record yeah. which I like a lot yeah. it's one of those things where like I definitely want do you, did you make vinyl or yeah. are you oh, making yeah. vinyl okay yeah. so I need I need to get that yeah really, um yeah. And I love the last record, but the last record I think had more experimental sounds. Kind of, you know, it was like there was definitely a vibe there, but mm-hmm. it was like okay, you could tell things were done at different times and mm-hmm. different yeah. different methods right. behind it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And did you have, or do you have, kind of a moment or a song or even um, an experience where you kind of? felt that you turned a corner as an artist or as a writer is there like a you know a moment or a song that you're like okay this is when I kind of knew that I was kind of reaching a new level Mm. um I think I mean there's probably been a lot you know um well, speaking of all the times that we ran into each other, because we're obviously yeah. running into each other all the yeah. But, like, when, when we were in Hawaii... Yeah, yeah. Uh, right after I saw you in Hawaii, I had been trying to... I was working on the song Blue Magic. Yeah. And I had been, like, tinkering with it and tinkering with it and tinkering with it, like, endlessly. Had, you know, just a lot of parts and files and takes yeah. of different things and ways of doing different stuff. Uh, and I was sitting in my hotel room with the windows open and I'm trying to like tinker yet yet some more. I'm like, I'm gonna finish this, I'm gonna finish this. And look out the window and it's like sun blazing, 
like waves crashing and people yeah, like yeah. surfing and I was like I was just like no like I can't do this right it's like yeah yeah you know it which that song came together it's like the start of that song really coming together was me like closing the laptop yeah yeah and going outside and getting in the water you know like yeah um which is why I gave it that Waikiki uh, parenthesis there, but you know it was like the the art of like the art of not making music, basically. yeah, not forcing it, yeah. you know. And I think, yeah, that's what's been, uh, you know. Now you and I have been working on this project, and I kind of like the fact that we haven't been like really forcing it. We've been letting things kind of come together when the inspiration's there, and it's nice to like have that luxury. Right. But also, I feel like sometimes the best music is made when you're not like trying to force it right so i think that's a that's a good thing to think about yeah um it's a hard thing to learn too you yeah know? yeah like well sometimes you have to like work on the craft for many many years to know what to do when that inspiration just hits you right. know because you got to have the skills and like the toolbox or whatever right. um yeah, I love that song. Got to do the remix actually on that song. You can check that out on Spotify. Yeah. Seamless plug. It kind of has a whole Hawaii feel too. Actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, that was still that was on a the brain. <laughs> still on the brain a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's nice there. It was great having Sun Little on the show today. And as I mentioned earlier, we recorded this episode pre-COVID and he was actually in my studio. So while he was there, we recorded a live version of About Her Again from his album Aloha. So we're going to play that right now. Nothing 
Now I'm sitting here smoking. Oh, with my head in my hands, yeah. Again and again, again and again. You live here, I'll be home by. If I live here, I make it home somehow, but I don't and I can't, so I won't, but there's just something about her, I bet over the over again, yeah, she gone and mess up my head. There's just something about her Oh, it makes me wanna Over again, yeah She gonna mess up my head 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 Eric Krasno Plus One is hosted by me, Eric Krasno. Executive producers are RJB and Christina Collins. Audio production by Matt Dwyer. Produced by myself and Ben Baruch of 1111 Group. All original music is by me, and most of which are instrumentals from my album, Telescope, under the artist name Kras. This podcast is presented by Osiris Media. If you'd like to get in touch with us, email Kras plus one at Gmail. That's K-R-A-Z-P-L-U-S-O-N-E at gmail.com. Send me some questions. Maybe I'll answer them on air. Send me suggestions of other guests you'd like to hear on the show. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.